So in these weeks, we've been talking about what it takes as parents, what it takes as grandparents, what it takes as just people in the church trying to engage with our kids. And we've been saying, hey, what can we do to make sure that this next generation knows Jesus and is raised um, the way that God wants us to be uh, raising our kids? And so um, we have some people with us today. I want to introduce them, and then I want to say a few things, and then we'll jump into some questions. So would you just collectively welcome our parent panel today? over here is Carrie Southwell. Carrie, has, uh, Carrie and Jeff have been married for 26 years. They have three boys, ages 21, 20, and soon to be 15-year-old. They moved here from Johnson County three years ago in order to slow down. But you haven't slowed down, right? Yeah. You've opened some businesses and you are busier than ever, yes. right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, Matt McGee, to my left, and his wife Joy are parents to Cameron, Justice, Jordan, and Aubrey. And the McGee's are parents of children adopted from foster care. So that keeps you, four kids keeps you hopping. Yes. Okay. Shelby, uh, to Matt's left, is a young millennial mom surviving with two five-year-olds, Preston and Maddie. And I want to say uh, thanks especially to Shelby for being up here. Uh, I did some research, and there are approximately 13.7 mil million single parents in the United States today. And those single parents are responsible for raising 22 million children. That is a quarter of all of the kids underneath the age of 21, okay? So that's a demographic that is real. And look, we have lots of single parents in our congregation. None of them really started the, the race thinking, hey, I'm going to be a single parent. But because of circumstances, here they are. And they're trying to raise godly kids just like all of us. Okay, so I want to thank Shelby for being here. On my right here is Patty LaRoche. Patty is the wife of one, mother of three, stepmother of two, and grandmother of seven. But she's hoping that her youngest son gets off his duff and proposes and gives her more grandkids. Yes. 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 Right. Yes. We're glad Patty's here. And then on my far left, Chad Cousins is married to JC. They have two boys, Dryden, who is 14, and Cal, who is 11. They enjoy Colorado. They enjoy uh, meaningless arguments during wiffle ball games. And they enjoy turning off the radio as quickly as possible when a Beatles song comes on. <laughs> There's something behind that, right, Chad? 100% true. Yes. John Lennon is more loved than I am. <laughs> I don't know if anybody heard. We might have to speak up because of the mics here. Uh, say that one more time. John Lennon is more loved in my house than I am. <laughs> so whenever he comes on the radio, I turn him off. <laughs> JC loves the Beatles. Okay. Um, here's, here's what I want to start out with. Um, the reason these people are up here aren't because they're the best parents. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Matt. Did I? You lured me in. I did. I, I told Matt, "Hey, you're the you're the best parent we could have up here," and that's why he's up here. Sorry to break <laughs> it to you, man. Sorry. Um, they are learning like everybody else. Uh, most times, we're learning moment by moment, but they're here because they were willing, right? And because we promised them bubble gum after. <laughs> and so um, they are just like you. 
they wrestle with the same cares, the same concerns, the same troubles, the same worries. They have the same arguments at home, uh, the same disappointments. They probably have the same regrets that many of you have because parenting is hard, right? How many of you would agree? Parenting is hard. Yeah. And we're in the middle of it. Uh, and we're all trying to navigate it uh, just like you. And so what we wanted to call this panel is the Yana panel, okay? And it just means you are not alone. Uh, that word Yana is used in a lot of different settings. We get that. But today, it, we're going to use it in the parent setting, and we're going to say you are not alone. And these people up here are just proof positive that you are not alone, that we're all in this together. We're all trying to navigate the same waters that God has called us to. And so let me, let me just start with that. Parenting is hard. And so what is hard for you guys right now? Well, for me, it's, uh, I'll take it back when we had first had Dryden and took him home. And we got home and sat in front of the fireplace. And we sat on the couch and we're like, okay, now what? We're in charge of keeping him alive. <laughs> and, and it seems just like a blink of an eye. He's 14 and uh, he's, it's definitely different as a parent now at 14. And so uh, the difficult thing is learning how to adjust as they grow up, your parenting style. Uh, and then when you have more than one come along, it's now you got to learn each one of them uh, what's effective and, and trying to be a parent without being overbearing and uh, letting them make mistakes. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Pretty tough for me. Okay. I would say the hardest thing for me is that, uh, uh, for Joy and I both, is that we're both very driven, goal-oriented people and uh, high expectations for ourselves. And so... Um, we often, unfortunately, place those same expectations on our children. We kind of each have our own child that we that we do that with, you know, and uh, it just never works out, right? Because they're not us. And so, um, allowing our kids to be who they are and at the level they are um, is often challenging for me. I just want to add that I'm a perfectionist, and so what's hard for me is comparing myself with other moms and feeling like someone's doing a better job. And so I just want to encourage you not to do that <laughs> because you don't know what's going on in their life and you don't understand they are probably facing some of the same issues that you are. So just don't compare yourself. Just do the best that you can. I think for me it's that of course, I'm the oldest one up here on the panel, and so our kids are all grown, and so are some of our grandkids. Just realizing how fast the time has gone. And, and I think Dave doesn't have guilt about the way we raised our kids, but I have a lot of it. And, and my kids love to remind me of where I messed up when they were younger. And unfortunately, there are a lot more of those reminders than the good things. And I really take that to heart and just think, oh, if I could just go back and do it with more fun and more grace and more loving God. But I think right now one of the most difficult things for us is to know that we have relatives, very close relatives, who are not following the Lord. And to just realize the importance of praying daily, hourly, for your kids. Because I think the worst thing that can possibly happen in this world is to have children who don't know Jesus. 
and and you're thinking, wow, did I really spend the time praying for my kids that I should have? And of course, again, that's that guilt kind of stuff. Um, and the other thing I think for me is knowing when they want to see us to not not be there too much, you know, because our kids are spread out all over the country. And when they call, my tendency is to give them advice. And sometimes they don't want advice. They just want to talk. And I'm a fixer, so I always have a solution. And I, I just have to remember to be quiet sometimes and just listen. <clears throat> Everyone knows my life is very messy with two five-year-olds. And so mine is, I can't give this broad definition of what's the hardest part. It's moment by moment. And I'm going to give an example uh, we did this cheerleading thing at Buck Run, and there's 50 little girls, and they're all cheering and doing the cheer. And Maddie, just the last practice, she sat down in the middle and decided she didn't want to be a cheerleader anymore. And you can't go get her because they're cheering. So I just had to respond and not react in that moment. And I think that's the hardest, really. Let's, uh, some of you have mentioned in your answers discipline. Okay, so let's uh, just go there for just a second. Discipline is um, different for each kid. I've, I've heard uh, that there are differences in children, and I think everyone would agree that we treat uh, our children differently con considering their pers different personalities and, and how they're geared and how God has wired them. Um, how do you discipline and parent children differently while still being fair? It's uh, a good question. I haven't had an answer for that for the last four weeks. Um, I don't know. That, that's a tough one. Uh, the, the toughest thing for me when it comes to discipline is not getting caught up in the moment. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a, I like sports, so if any of you out there watch sports or watch football or basketball, uh, at times you'll hear we're talking about a young young NFL quarterback or young point guard in, in uh, college basketball. Uh, the game gets sped up for them. They make really stupid decisions. Uh, I do a lot of that when it comes to discipline. And JC always has to come back and like, really? Come on. <laughs> so uh, that's the toughest part for me is is uh, being consistent and fair with both both boys is, is tough. And I don't I don't know if, I don't know if there's really it can happen. What do we think? Uh, we, I would say my older two think we are not as consistent with my third. So that's something we need to work on is our third. Um, just making sure that we do the same things we did with our other two. Because they a lot of times say, well, Mom, you put me in timeout for doing that. Or we had to go do this when I did that. And, and so just not to relax with your third, fourth, and fifth, but just to continue on with what we did with the first two. There is a, we did this one with the first, and we <laughs> things kind of went downhill from there, right? Yeah. There is, I think with all parents, there is kind of that, that way, that, that uh, trap, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Joanna, like I said before, Joanna, I both have each of uh, we each have our kid or kids that we're a little tougher on than the rest, and um, we're pretty good about, you know, meeting with each other when we think the other one's kind of getting a little too tough and saying, hey, you know, 
you're kind of getting in that mode again with this this kid, you know. And we've been really good about listening to that, like, oh, you know, I, you're right, I am. And uh, we redouble our efforts to um, kind of straighten things out, you know, with that kid. But when my, whenever my kids have brought it up, hey, you're being unfair, usually it's the older one saying, hey, you're, you're giving special treatment to our youngest Aubrey, you know. And I, usually when I tell them, hey, you know, difference is that it's unfair it's usually that it's the age difference you know um they're having higher expectations because they're older you know i say hey when you were young what were the expectations of you well they were a little less you know because you were young and they get it but sometimes they're right you know um not necessarily about that issue but uh if they say hey this is unfair and i think it's okay for me to say you're right you know i think i agree that is unfair but and um let's talk about what we need to, to do to straighten that out Let's talk about, as we're talking about discipline, discipline is because there has been a failing of some sort, right? A breakdown. How have the failures in your families opened the door to you teaching grace? Um, and what kind of learning opportunities have you been able to stumble upon because kids make mistakes? Or maybe because you make mistakes? Uh, well, just like an example, JC and I were outside, and I won't, I won't, mention, I won't mention the boys who did this, but uh, we were outside uh, doing something. I don't know what we were doing, uh, cleaning the house. I don't know, getting ready for Fourth of July. I don't, I don't remember what it was. And uh, anyway, we were outside, and all of a sudden we hear this huge crash and screaming inside the house. So we, our first thought was, oh, man, somebody's, you know, broke a leg or something, fell off, fell off the counter, something ha really bad happened. And we come in, and there's two bowls broken on the floor. And so your, my first reaction was, oh, thank goodness. And, but our, one of the boys, was he was really upset, I mean, distraught over it, because these were bowls that we got during, for our wedding. And so he was really, he was sad that he had broken these two bowls, because we, the, we had, there were two of the three, and so he broke two of the three, <laughs> and so he was extremely upset, and we just said, hey, it's okay. And immediately, just this relax, uh, his whole persona changed. It was all right. And uh, that's a lot easier for, for me to do on, in circumstances like that. Uh, when it, It's a lot tougher for me to do when, they're, when I feel like they're disrespecting me. Yeah. But that's a different story. Yeah. I don't react nearly as well. i got to tell you that you're a bigger man than me uh, because I, I roll through my brain in, in my parenting and those times where kids got into something or broke something that was dear to me, I'm not sure that I responded in such a Christ-like way. JC, <laughs> so, congrats. JC, <laughs> JC's a little more upset. To me, it's just <laughs> JC's like, it's the whole. <laughs> uh, I'll just add that when my kids make bad choices or fail, I tend to look at myself and, oh, I didn't do this right because they chose to do this and maybe I should have worked more on this. But they're going to make their own mistakes no matter how hard you teach them. And, and just, you know, that's it's good for them so they can learn from it. And just I try not to... Um, put the guilt on myself so much anymore that I'm a failure as a mom because my child chose to do this, but 
make it more of a learning opportunity and, and you know, what can we both learn from this and what can you do differently next time? I know one of the things that I faced, Dave was, of course, a, a baseball coach, so he was gone weeks or months at a time, and so it's real hard to tell your kids, you wait till your dad gets home in six weeks, <laughs> you know. So I, I had to do a whole lot of the discipline, and uh, I remember a time we were in Chicago, and he came off of a road trip, and I had tried to take the boys shopping in a mall, which had been a disaster. I couldn't take them anywhere in public. And so I was so upset when he got home, and, and Dave did what he kind of likes to do, which is tell me, well, if I would have, you know, if I just parented better, you know, or disciplined a little more effectively, then they would not behave like that in the mall. And I went, really? And he said, I'll show you. And so he said, let's get the kids in the car. We're going to take them to the mall. And so it was an outdoor mall in Chicago, and we did. And, of course, they were on perfect behaved kids. And he put them on a bench outside this store, and a beautiful magnolia tree behind them, you know, and he threatened them with everything, I think including death, if they moved from that bench. And then we went in this store, and it was the, it was the most wonderful thing. But, of course, the whole time I'm thinking, there's no way they're going to sit there. And when we walked out, they were still sitting there. And there was a part of me that was really angry because I thought, I know I discipline, and I know I'm pretty tough on the kids. And so I was so proud, and Dave said, come on, kids, let's go, and we got up. And then we noticed there was a big broken branch right behind them with magnolia bolt, you know, the flowers and everything that had not been there when we went in the store. And so Dave said something about, did one of you climb that tree when, we, when of course, they both started bawling. And so there we are walking through this mall, dragging this big magnolia limb all the way to the parking lot. And I turned to him. It was so, I, was, I was so excited because I got to say to him, oh, so that's how you do it. Oh, okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, as a single parent, that's my every day. I'm yes. the disciplinary. I am the nurturer. I'm both. And when you have a parent dynamic that's a male and female, then you have disciplinary and a nurturer. I'm not supposed to be both. That's not natural. And so that has been such a challenge because I want to, like, cuddle them and tell them it'll be okay, but I need to be strong and, like, the rock also. And I just can't be both. Just can't. Inherent in some of those answers has been creating this safe place where kids know that they're loved even though they're almost about to die because, you know, um, how do you do that? How do you pull off creating that place where uh, they know they're accepted, but there are consequences for what you've done? We've just always told ours that we're their biggest advocates, and we want them to feel comfortable coming to us and talking to us and letting us know their struggles or something they did and just talk about it. I think it's important that they know they can come home and talk to us and we won't be judgmental. Uh, there may be consequences, but we do it in a loving way and, and uh, just, you know, if they can't come home and feel comfortable and talk to their family, then they're going to seek other people that maybe won't have as good advice. For me, with five-year-olds, it's more about what I do, not what I tell them. I could tell them something, and two minutes later, they're not going to know what I said. So every night after school, we sit on the couch, and we 
cuddle and then they take their bath and I read to them and it's like more of a nurturing, they know they're, it's okay to talk to me because I've made them feel comfortable in their home. Uh, I think it's all about reconnecting afterwards. So, you know, maybe sometimes when they've done something wrong, I've had that calm moment, um, like Chad, but other times maybe I've been angry, you know, and that's okay because I'm human. But the main thing is uh, sometime in the future, hopefully sooner than later, um, I can kind of hit my own reset button and I can reconnect with them, demonstrate to them that they're still special to me and we can, we can move on together um, connected and and uh, have fun together and um, in all that hopefully I'm sending the message that um, yes I was upset about this but that doesn't have anything to do with how much how valuable you are to me and um, how important our relationship is let's move on to another uh, topic so our number one goal <laughs> it was alluded to earlier as parents is to pass the faith that we have on to our kids that trust in Jesus that he is their savior and uh, that they need to follow him how have you started to do that in what ways have you succeeded in seeing a little bit of that uh, faith passed on in what ways have you failed in that what how are you navigating that JC's a lot smarter than me so I let her do the scripture teaching because she can memorize stuff. I can't. Uh, but for me, it's just, it's hopefully it's setting the example, you know, uh, hopefully letting them see me read scripture on a daily basis. Uh, I've joined, I joined a men's group about five years ago that meets on Friday nights. Um, I hope through some of those actions that they can see, okay, it's pretty important for dad that this faith thing is, you know, this is what it's all about. Uh, even though I make mistakes and I have to go say I'm sorry all the time because I am who I am, I, I hope they see it through through my actions more so than my words that I'm trying trying to live out my faith. I would say a failure for me was buying all the books and handing them to my kids and here, read this, you'll be a better Christian and um, all the books, you know, doing hard things and that the, I felt my teenage boys needed to read and that they'd actually get something from, but the, they never wanted to read them. And so now I have a library full of books. <laughs> and uh, I think mainly for them, just everyday life of um, trusting God in certain situations and that's how their faith has grown, not from reading other people's faith, but just, you know, I went through this hard time, and God brought me out of it, and I'm such a better person, and it's those everyday things in life that I would say have helped shape their faith more than me just trying to teach them or throw books at them. I think it's easier for me to talk about uh, a couple of my failures and one was that I think I, I was too legalistic. I was raised in the Catholic Church, and it was all about, at that time, I think they've really made improvements, but it was all about rules and regulations and measuring up and doing the works to earn your way into heaven. And I think I brought a lot of that into our teaching with the kids. 
that judging their behavior, um, which was not a good thing to do. And the other thing is I would be pretty inconsistent. I would get on my bandwagon and say, we're going to start mornings before school. We're going to have a Bible study and a prayer time. And we'd go for a while, and then something would happen, and then we wouldn't do it for a while, and then we'd start it up again. So I, I wish, um, you know, just to be consistent in that. And I know your kids forgive you, and they're great about that. But, um, gosh, it's just so important that they see you model Christian things. And to this day, one of the cool things is all of our kids love to call and share something that, that has happened in their life that obviously was God you know, doing something, and they love to call and talk about that, and that's that's really cool, so. I'm really good at behavior management, setting up different disciplines and strategies and so forth, and it has its place. It's effective in, in a certain way, but I could tell very quickly that it didn't do any good for changing my children's hearts, and uh, there would be a quality I could see in their heart, and it would manifest in a certain behavior, and I could stamp out that behavior with this uh, behavior management uh, strategy. But I would then very quickly see that same quality um, not pop, pop up in that behavior, but pop up in a different behavior. Same quality. It's kind of like the whack-a-mole game. You hit this one, another two more pop up over here. And I realized that uh, changing their heart is, is something that behavior management can't God is the only one who can do that, and so um, I haven't been consistent with that either, but uh, when that has been apparent to me, it prompted me to pray for my children, and uh, hopefully by his grace that um, he will work in their hearts in ways that I cannot. It's amazing to me hearing you say that, how much our parenting experience is a mirror of what God does with us, right? Because uh, God is not just about behavior modification. God is about changing our hearts. And the way he did that is not just a list of rules. There are rules, and they're important. But he did that by sending his son to die in our place. Uh, and that's what changes our hearts and makes us want to obey the rules, right? And uh, it is that heart change that uh, only Christ can give. Um, let me skip to... Uh, one down the line here. Rapid fire, just one sentence. What's the best parenting advice you've ever been given? Best parenting advice you've ever been given in a sentence. If it's not going to matter 15 years from now, don't sweat it. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty simple for a simple guy. Okay. Respond, don't react. Respond. If you need to take a moment and step back to be a better parent and to do a better discipline, then do it. I'd say be a parent, not their best friend, especially in high school. Um, a lot of my friends back in Johnson County wanted their kids to be the cool ones in high school, so they allowed them to do things that they probably shouldn't have done. So just, you know, you're going to make your kids unhappy at some point, but hopefully down the road it will pay off. And I just had that the days are... The days are long, but the years are short. So be sure and major on the majors and not on the minors. Mine was when I was particularly frustrated because um, my son was not behaving how I wanted him to. My friend told me, hey, he's not you. Accept him for who he is. Mm. Uh, I will throw one in here, uh, too. 
and that is if you are not acquainted with the love languages, um, read that book, get acquainted with that idea that each person, each of us has a different love language that we, we respond to, and that is really effective when you're trying to deal with your kids, and especially kids with different personalities. There are things. Um, who wrote that book? I think it's Gary Smalley, Gary, isn't it? Is it Gary, Gary Smalley? Smalley? Love languages? Chapman. What? No, Gary Chapman. it's Chapman. Oh, Chapman, sorry, yeah, you're Chapman. right. Yeah, yeah, Chapman. Um, which Chapman? Gary. Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman. Gary Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you guys. appreciate that. All right, what's your, uh, if you had to pick a scripture as your motto for parenting, what would it be? Job 13, 5. If only you could be silent, that's the wisest thing you could do. You want you to be silent or kids to be silent? Kids. <laughs> kids. kids. <laughs> I probably need to listen to that myself. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. These commandments I give to you today impress on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you walk down the road, when you sit at home, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them on your wrists like, and bind them to your forehead. Good job. I like it. Good job. Uh, mine is Leviticus 20, verse 9. Anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. <laughs> <laughs> I say that in just actually I remember reading that as a kid and thinking, oh no. Because <laughs> I knew that I had not done so well in that category and uh, by God's grace I had not been put to death. And so that it just yeah. is a good reminder of me uh, to me that uh, hey, I'm not per- I wasn't perfect as a kid. My kids are not perfect either. And uh, may I be as gracious to them as God has been to me. Uh, Leviticus uh, 20, verse 9. You wanted to post that? (laughs) Mine was Proverbs 22, 6. Bring up your child in the way he should go, and when he grows old, he shall not depart from it. I guess the one that my kids probably could memorize that I use all the time is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And when my kids aren't sure of which direction to go, I usually just, you know, go pray about it and and see if, uh, you know, God will show you the way. And, and so I really want to instill that in them at a young age so when they're older and when they're young, they can use that and know that uh, as long as they're doing that, they're heading in the right direction. You are not alone. Um, I'm reminded of Jesus, uh, the last words that he said. um, Go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then at the end, he said, and I am with you even to the end of the age. And so as we sit up here and we discuss about how to parent, we can say, hey, you are not alone. Because there are other parents in this room, not only on the stage, that can speak to you and help you in that journey. But also, we are not alone because Jesus is with us. Um, The Holy Spirit, because we have trusted in him, lives inside of us. He walks with us every day. And so when we are parents trying to respond and not react, right? Um, the Holy Spirit can help us and guide us in that. And our 
message to you today is just that simple, you are not alone message. He is with you. We are with each other. And the way we will navigate this is to not be an island. I think Satan wants to convince us that we are the only one going through whatever it is we're going through. I think he does that on a routine basis. And it's one of his tactics, because if he can get us to think we're the only one, then we will never talk about it, we'll never share it with somebody else, and, and we will just wither in that problem where we could have thrived through it if we had brought some other people to the table. And so you are not alone. Uh, we are here to talk, and there are people in this room that are available to talk. And so the way we want to end today is uh, I want to play a video for you, and then I'm going to pray after the video. And the way we're going to end our service is just uh, people up here are going to uh, be in the front row, uh, our panel. And if you have a question, if you have something that you want to ask, if you have something that you need to talk about, come and talk. Uh, if you're not comfortable with anybody here on the stage, find somebody else in the room that you are comfortable with and say, you know what, I have this issue with one of my kids and I need help, okay? You are not alone. We can do this together. Roll that video. Parenting is tough. And most of the time, you'd probably rather not talk about it. But we want you to know something. It's okay. We can talk. On the day your child was born, if you searched frantically around the hospital for any type of brochure that talked about how to raise your child, we can talk. Right? Babies should come with an owner's manual. Right. There's the whole what to expect when you're expecting. How about what to expect when you bring the child home because you are so scared you're going to mess it all up and this is your bundle of joy and you just want to do everything right type book, book. They'd have to shorten the title. True. But speaking of bringing your kids home from the hospital, if on that day you wished you were in an armored tank rather than your Ford Fiesta, we can talk. If you ever looked at your child and asked this question, do I look stupid to you? We can talk. And if your child has ever innocently looked back at you and said, yes, you do, we can talk. I said that to my mom once. You called your mom stupid? Once. Oh, how about this? If you've ever hummed the theme song, The Door of the Explorer, while at work... We can talk. It's just so catchy. I know, right? Oh, if you've ever said these words, don't make me turn this car around. We can talk. And if you've ever had to turn the car around because you've left your children at home, we can talk. You forgot your children? I'm not proud of it. Dads, if you've ever fallen asleep while playing Barbies, dress up, or at a tea party, we can talk. If you start to see your mommy and daddy time has become less and less, we can talk. Yeah, and if that's not the case, please tell me your secret. If you've ever almost driven off the road because you're swatting at the back seat, we can talk. And if you've ever actually driven off the road while you're swatting at the back seat, we can talk. You've driven off the road? That was hard to explain to my insurance agent and my wife. If you've ever promised your kids the moon and you just couldn't deliver, we can talk. If you feel like it's too late and you've already blown it, we can talk. If you didn't have a great example of parenting from your own parents and you're struggling to change your family tree, we can talk. If you desperately want to teach your children the word of God, but you're afraid they're going to ask you why you're not living it, we, we can, can talk. talk. And last but not least, 
If the word down has become an abnormally large part of your daily vocabulary, sit down, quiet down, calm down, just, just, just dial it down, get, get, get down, we can talk. Because the truth is, parenting is tough and we need all the help we can get. As parents, it's our job to build a foundation for our children and we need all the wisdom that's out there. So sit back and relax know that you are in good company as we see how God wants us to raise our children in the direction they need to go. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we are your children, that you have parented us in the way that we needed. We needed discipline, and you have given that to us. But we also needed grace, and you have given that to us through your son, Jesus. And we thank you that you have given us this privilege of being parents and spilling our lives into the next generation. Maybe there are some who aren't parents, but they still have a voice. They still have something to say. They still have something to pass on to those who are coming behind them. Father, would you help us to understand today, most of all, that we are not alone in this that you are with us and that we can get through the parenting thing together. And so help us to do that even now. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.